0: This week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Silicon Photonics 64-bit ARM and Singularity Containers.
1: New startups take on HPC and Hyperscale.
0: It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening into to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with top500.org. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. And, Michael, This Week in HPC, we've got a bunch of new startups bursting onto the scene. Let's start with a startup called Light Matter, which has a, a new silicon photonics product. Right. They've been working on this
1: for a short period of time. They were founded just uh, last year in September, so they've only been around for a few months. Uh, the reason they made news this week is they got an infusion of investors that came in with $11 million. So that's going to help them push their their first product to market. And they're working on a basically a silicon photonics processor, and this one, they've sort of aimed at the ai slash machine learning market. so they've they've been working on this for a while, and they're starting to demonstrate what they can do basically by taking the matrix math part of that uh, that application set and doing that with uh, photonics, basically, instead of uh, transistors.
0: Right. Photonics has been around as a concept for a while. We haven't seen a whole lot of actual products out there in the market, but the idea of using light to communicate directly rather than going through a transistor uh, is, is in theory a lower latency way of communication for certain types of applications. And what Light Matter says it's achieved with this part is uh, really being able to focus on matrix multiplications which could be used in a lot of high-performance areas. Of course, we think of the Linpack uh, benchmark, but where it, it really comes out that they're targeting to start out is in deep learning.
1: Right. And I think they, they've they attacked this market because they see the uh, the potential of that. And there's obviously, there's a lot of hype around that now. But yeah, like you said, I mean, they're doing basically matrix math with optical signaling, and that could apply to a lot of things. So um, uh, they're going after this market and they've, they've done a, a small demonstration, the recording, uh, they used recordings of vocal sounds to train a neural network to recognize certain valves. And even though the, the application didn't get a, a super great accuracy in doing that, uh, for a first try, it was, it was fairly impressive. They were, they came pretty close to what, uh, uh, a more conventional hardware platform would be able to do that 's been tweaked for that for a while.
0: The question for them for this product essentially then becomes is there a market for dedicated products that will do this specifically and this has been uh, the challenge for any custom chip company, uh, whether it 's a custom whether it 's a, a standard tradis- transistor or any other kind of chip. Uh, all through our history in this space is is when is it something that someone will spend specific money on to go do this? And if you look at the deep learning space in general, uh, there's a question of, all right, not only is someone doing deep learning, but is it on separate or the same hardware that you're doing HPC on? Have I changed my configuration at all to accommodate this new application? Am I doing this on a cloud provider or in-house? And all of these things are still really Early and evolving in terms of uh, actually following the money and how people are investing in deep learning, and it's been a a big uh, uh, focus of our research into this as we uh, begin our, our 2018 research year in HPC and hyperscale.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the driver here for this company is that they think they can they can get much better performance and energy efficiency out of this this approach and this technology than than their conventional competition so if they can create enough distance uh, with with that kind of criteria um, they think they have a success And i think they're using the machine learning and ai space as sort of a vehicle to get their optical computing technology out there i think they're really hoping if they succeed by being disruptive in this space um, then they can they can branch out with this technology and, and attack uh, more areas. But this is just a start, and $11 million sounds like a lot, but it's actually not very much for a chimp company. So uh, it, it's going to take more investors and more investment to get this to market than, than what we've experienced this week.
0: Yeah, and speed becomes essential here because if you're competing against companies like Intel and NVIDIA who come out with new chips all the time, having a point product that's attractive uh, today is fine, but you have got to maintain a pace of development to keep, keep pace with these guys or else you become obsolete. So it's definitely interesting technology. I've been looking forward to silicon photonics for a long time, and I think if it is successful, it's got a lot of, Ways that it can continue to grow, either as an independent concern or through partnership or acquisition. So, I am definitely interested in silicon photonics, and it's cool to see it implemented this way, targeting deep learning, which is a big emerging application area. Let's go to the next startup, which is also a chip, but now something at least a little more conventional, although uh, ARM is still growing in this space. Um, We've got Ampere Computing, which is a new company that's picking up an older project around 64-bit ARM.
1: Right. uh, I mean, the company's actually only been around for a few months since October of last year. Again, a very young company, but they have the advantage in that they've inherited uh, the ARM technology, the 64-bit ARM uh, chip. And Uh, specifically from Applied Micro. That company was sold off to a a holdings company a while back, and then that uh, holdings company shuffled it to another holdings company, which eventually became Ampere Computing. So they own that technology, uh, presumably all the the patents as well. So basically they have the X-Gene processor technology that Applied Micro had been working on, and that's what they're – go to go to market with or something very similar with that based on that technology
0: and it's interesting here they've got a headliner on top the company is being run by Renee James who's previously a president at Intel this is a name that we've heard before in our space now they've only just come out of stealth so it's hard to make too many inferences about where we're going but the initial company positioning it looks pretty clear that with the messaging they've built around cloud and the software environments for cloud they're really targeting Their products from Ampere going after the hyperscale market, specifically the cloud service provider market, is who they're trying to target with these processors.
1: Right, and I think that's actually fairly typical for what ARM chip providers are actually doing today. That's sort of, uh, I think, some of the low-hanging fruit for 64-bit ARMS. They're not the only ones that are competing in that space. Of course, we've talked about Cavium a lot. I think they're interested in that space as well, but they've been more specialized in in going after the more traditional HPC uh, space as well. Um, In this case, though, the advantage here is they've got a fairly mature architecture i mean x gene itself is is now in its third generation i think when applied micro was sold they were working on developing that and presumably this will push that into fruition in fact even though amper is a young company they expect to get the processors out uh by the second half of the year they're actually sampling them now so their their go-to-market is pretty is going to come pretty quickly um for such a young company.
0: Yeah, they're definitely uh, talking like they're really ready to start selling right now. And yeah, the appeal of going after these hyperscale providers, I mean, it's whale hunting. If they can get into one right. of these these big providers and the idea being that for a lot of cloud native applications, the processor itself is fairly fungible. And if they can provide the uh, processing power at a fraction of the cost or, or some other uh, attractive uh, envelope, then, uh, then that should be it. Should have an opportunity to be successful, and and I think Renee James gives them a lot of credibility. They've got an architecture that that already has multiple generations. It'll be interesting to see how quickly they're able to go to market in this space. Okay, one other startup that we want to catch this week in HPC. We've talked a lot about containers, and in particular, Singularity is one that's gotten some attention in. HPC. Uh, A lot of the early attention was on uh, Docker or or in the commercial side, maybe more on Kubernetes, but Singularity has emerged out of the national lab space as an HPC alternative container. Uh, And now we've got a company called Scilabs coming out of that space offering uh, enterprise-supported Singularity containers for the commercial HPC market.
1: Right, and this singularity was started out by who is now the CEO at Silabs, that's Gregory uh, Kurtzer, who was working at the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. So he developed the initial software for this, and, and the advantage of this was he developed it specifically for HPC. So there's containers out there that you mentioned, but in this case, they were designed for HPC-type hardware and HPC environments. so they support things like GPUs and InfiniBand that's sort of built into this. They, there's compatibility with job schedulers like slurm and torque, and it supports, you know natively things like MPI. so it's it's definitely built with the HPC environment in mind, and so it's gotten a, a very fast uptake. By, uh, by national labs and universities who want to use the container technology because it's, it's very oriented towards that. So there's been a lot of success there, but this week they're coming out and they're, they're pushing out their first product. And that's not for universities and labs, that's for the enterprise space. So they're looking at commercial HPC and that's you know a, a bigger lift, but this is the product they have to sell something to stay in business. And, and this is the way they, they want to go about it, at least initially.
0: And they should have an opportunity here. One thing that we've talked about, obviously, is with commercial uh, HPCs that we haven't seen a, a whole lot of cloud deployment so far. And there's been a lot in the way of that in terms of the overall economics and incorporating cloud into the general workflow. But it's, it's not zero, and a lot of different types of enterprises employ cloud sometimes. And what it does is it introduces the challenge of, for certain environments, how do I guarantee reproducibility of results? If I run it in-house and then I run the same job in the cloud, I'd like to get the same answer on both of those. And what a product like Singularity lets someone do is migrate their entire stack into the cloud, where as long as you have some commonality of of uh, processing elements, you can start ensuring that the job will run the same both here and there. Um, if we start looking at other areas like deep learning or, or even things like uh, on the finance side with econometric modeling, um, anything that might move into the cloud, uh, these containers, as long as it can be done at a low overhead, uh, that, that has potential applicability there.
1: Right, and I think the the commercial opportunities they're looking at uh, specifically is looking at, the again, the AI machine learning space, but also data analytics of, of all kinds in general. Um, SciLabs sort of coined this term called enterprise performance computing, which I think they've tried to trademark EPC, and that's the market they're going after. I, I think the big question is, uh, I mean, that market exists, whatever you call it, but um, how much container technology is is used in that market or will be used i think is is an open question so that's the market they're attacking and they think their technology will will apply to that it's just how big a market will it be for them and how fast they can they can enter into that i think is the big question
0: yeah well i think from a product standpoint they will find an opportunity i think their bigger challenge is just in terms of go to market how do how do they appear on the scene at the exact moment uh, a commercial high performance computing user is evaluating that decision of of migrating jobs with containers and, and and getting to where they can evaluate singularity. And Scilabs as a paid solution as part of that. It sounds like a high cost of sales kind of problem. You can't just guarantee that people are going to show up because they did a press release, came out of stealth, and and appeared right. on a podcast uh, episode of This Week in HPC. I mean, that's nice. But uh, but the cost of sales here is is potentially pretty tricky for something that does seem like uh, as a product, it's got a benefit that it can offer to uh, to a certain niche market.
1: Yeah, and I think the advantage they have here is that, in a sense, they don't have any uh, real competition in in the container space for HPC. They're the only software out there, at least that we know of, that's, that has a a version of this technology that's that's specifically for the for the hpc space so if you are a user out there and you have an hpc environment and you're looking for container technology and you do the least bit of research on this you're going to bump into singularity pretty quickly so in that sense you know they they won't need as much of a sales presence as as a company that has to compete against an array of rivals out there so in a and yeah. at least have that working for them.
0: I disagree with you to a certain extent, though, Michael. Just because they're the only ones that are only for HPC doesn't mean they aren't competing with Docker and Mesosphere and Kubernetes. I, these, are all, uh, these are all viable products that are in this space now. It is not a, a total uh, greenfield environment that they can walk into and have no competition. I, I think they, they do have a challenge of uh, of getting their attention in the market, particularly because they're talking about containers and how you operate HPC in more of an enterprisey fashion. They're going to be up against the enterprise tools for, uh, for doing these competing com- containerized solutions. So I take your point, but I, I disagree with you in terms of a lack of competition. I think there's going to be plenty of competition out there for them. Yeah.
1: Anyway, it's going to be a, a, a tough uphill ride for these guys to get a, an open source product basically out there and have people start paying money for it. It's always tough. And it's certainly been successful in the past with certain products, but as we've seen with Luster and other technologies, it's it's uh, not always successful, and it it uh, the, there's a large graveyard of companies out there, unfortunately, that have tried to get commercialized open source uh, technology of different sources. But we wish these guys luck. Very interesting technology. I think it'll continue to be used, whether it's. Uh, open-source or, or commercialized packages out there. It's uh, already got a, a good following, as we see, in the uh, in the national lab and academic space, and we'll continue to do so, We're we, pretty sure.
0: All right, three new startups, Light Matter, Ampere, and SciLabs. We wish them all luck, and uh, go looking for them out there. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. This has been This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research. Actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.